0: Welcome to the Honor the Gift Podcast. I am your host, Art McCracken. I specialize in transformational leadership and high-performance coaching. I've worked with hundreds of companies and thousands of individuals along the way, helping them achieve greater outcomes in all aspects of their life. I'm a speaker and writer, but at the end of the day, none of that holds a candle to being a husband, father, and friend. I believe the greatest gift in our mortal existence is the gift of choice How we honor that gift will shape the eternities. I also believe that career is a way of being and not just a way of life. And when you figure that out, by learning to let go of the charades and leaning into growth, life just seems to unlock itself. I know this because I've lived it. Quite simply, my calling is people experience living true. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making the commitment to lean into growth. I honor your journey. Now, let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome to another weekly episode. In this week's episode, it's time to catch up, and it's been a while. So, the topic of today's podcast is your greatest work. And I've got a lot of things ruminating inside my head, and some things that I'll share, as well as use this as a check in. What's interesting is most people by now, this podcast will be landing in April, and there's been some intention behind postponing this episode to allow people to reflect on the challenges that they face after they set their intentions high. What I mean by that is usually the first part of the year, so everybody knows we set new intentions, we have the spirit of renewal, and we make resolutions those resolutions either find root in new habit or they don't. And so using quarter two of the year to check in to ask ourselves, how intentional have we been? And I asked myself that. And as I'm looking back and reflecting upon the things that I had intention around, did that intention move from a thought and inclination to A level of raised necessity in my life. I had a pleasant reminder today from my sweetheart in regards to some habits and desires that I have to become more healthy and more energized and I'm so grateful for her love and respect for the goals that I have and the gentle reminders that she places in my life to continue to encourage me to do my best and to bring my my level of necessity up, as opposed to just staying in intentionality. So this is an opportunity to see yourself, to look in the mirror, to identify what do I really want to take aim at. You see, we wrestle with things in our life, I call them dragons if you will. We wrestle with vagueness. I see vagueness all around me. I see vagueness in the, the clients uh, that I serve and that I coach. What comes from vagueness, if you really look in your, look deep in your life in the places that you place intention, but you're very vague about the actions that must be taken, and you're vague about the actual movement upon those intentions. And typically what will happen when we're living in vagueness is we create confusion, we create lack of clarity, we create contention, we create this level of frustration and just this, this funk that we tend to live in. And it's because we're being vague about the things we know we need to do or vague about the things that are meaningful in our life. We might be vague about responsibilities. And so what's the other side of vagueness? The other side of vagueness is deep clarity. What flows from clarity is high responsibility Focus, lack of confusion, lack of internal contention, lack of dissonance. From clarity flows great action. I love the great message from Theodore Roosevelt's citizenship in the community and his reference to being in the arena. In our lives, you can call that the grand arena. In the specific domains within our life, whether it be family, whether it be career, whether it be friends, it could be relative to our health, to our hobbies. But we have these domains in our life, and are we really in the arena? What do I mean by in the arena? I mean, are we doing the things? Are we actually engaged fully, present to what must be done, with high levels of raised necessity translating into action? It's easy to sit back and and look and want Express desires to change and to become better, but until we actually get in the arena, change won't happen. And you've heard me talk about providence in the past and the reward of providence. And it seems as though any time we put something into action, there tends to be a reward for those efforts. It may not be a tangent or expected reward or entitled reward but there is always some form of met providence when we place into our lives action and forward movement werner Earhart spoke on power he said your power is a function of velocity that is to say your power is a function of the rate at which you translate intention into reality You see, most of us disempower ourselves by finding a way to slow, impede, or make more complex than necessary. The process of translating intention into reality. I think what he meant by that is that we overthink. We try to take the perfect approach that curbs or keeps us clear of any potential downfall or any potential hiccup in our path. That this fear of failure, this fear of being uncomfortable keeps us uncomfortable. Uh, This message from Byron Katie. Since the beginning of time, people have been trying to change the world so that they can be happy. This hasn't ever worked because it approaches the problem backward. There is a way to change the projector, our mind, rather than the projected. It's like when there's a piece of lint on a projector's lens. We think there's a flaw on the screen, and we try to change this person and that person, whomever the flaw appears on next, but it's futile to try to change the projected images. Once we realize where the lim- once we realize where the lint is, we can clear the lens itself. This is the end of suffering and the beginning of a little joy in paradise. We'll go on to share something from Robin Sharma. He said a bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. Another thought from Scott O'Neill. Do something for your mind, something for your body, and something for your soul every day. Get some sleep, practice gratitude each day, and be where your feet are. So with that, and with those challenges to to not just be where your feet are, but to actually take action in our lives. Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're enjoying this week's episode. If growth, personal growth and development is your thing, and you're here learning and leaning into growth, glad you're here, glad you're part of the community If you want more of this, make sure and hit subscribe in this podcast platform or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Search for Honor the Gift Podcast and make sure and subscribe so that it shows up each week with new updates, new conversations, new learning, new ideas and concepts, again, to help us all in this journey we call growth and how we make it through life and the way that we show up for others. Also, if you are looking for more information, deeper dives into some of these conversations. And just an update to stay in the loop, you can always go to choiceisthegift.com and click on subscribe where you'll be uh, in the loop on things that are upcoming and more updates on this podcast. Again, thank you for being here. Now let's get back to the episode. I'm going to start to reference a topic that will come up in further episodes, and we'll dive deeper into it. But it's this concept of the second mountain. And it comes from a great author by the name of David Brooks. He said in the opening to his work called The Second Mountain, people in the valley have been broken open. They've been reminded that they are not just the parts of themselves that they put on display. There's another layer to them they have been neglecting, a substrate where the dark wounds and the most powerful yearnings live. He also said of our journey on the first mountain, we all must perform certain life tasks, establish an identity, separate from our parents, cultivate our talents, build a secure ego, and try to make a mark in the world. People climbing that first mountain, they spend a lot of time thinking about reputation management. They're always keeping score. The goals on that first mountain are the normal goals that our culture endorses. To be a success, to be well thought of, to get invited into the right social circles and to experience personal happiness. It's all the normal stuff. Nice home, nice family, nice vacations, good food, good friends and so on. But you see when it comes to commitments, drive and purpose, you don't climb the second mountain the same way you climb the first mountain. In fact, you conquer your first mountain. You identify the summit and you claw your way toward it. You're conquered by your second mountain. You surrender to some summons, and you do everything necessary to answer the call and address the problem or injustice that is in front of you. On the first mountain, you tend to be ambitious, strategic, and independent. But on that second mountain, you tend to be more relational, intimate, and relentless. And I want to draw specific attention to what he said there about the fact that you're conquered by your second mountain. If we're conquered by our second mountain, what that must entail is a release of ego, a decimation of ego, a place that identifies opportunity for us that will push us beyond our own interest. That truly impact and influence becomes much of the service that we will provide and and toil with and come to terms with on our second mountain. So when it comes to living a life of joy, he went on to say powerful moments of moral elevation seem to push a mental reset button wiping out feelings of cynicism and replacing them with the feelings of hope, love, and moral inspiration. A life of ease is not the pathway to growth and happiness. On the contrary, a life of ease is how you get stuck and confused in life. To live with joy is to live with wonder, gratitude, and hope. People who are on the second mountain have been transformed. They're deeply committed. The outpouring of love has become a steady force. Eventually, there's no escaping the big questions in our life. Things like, what is my best life? What do I believe in? Where do I belong? Listening to life means asking, what have I done well? What have I done poorly? What do I do when I'm not being paid or rewarded? And are you on the first mountain or the second? You see, when things get messy and the moment seems to call you back to the familiarity of the first mountain... I hope you'll find a drive within that helps you recall your North Star and that it will give you a quiet confidence to walk the road toward your second mountain. I believe that each one of us will find great meaning and purpose in the gnarled and unfamiliar path that takes you to the beginning of your grand opus. As I think about my great stewardships in this life, the ones that I have the highest reverence for, the ones that I struggle with the most. The ones that challenge me every day, that really cause me to reflect on what matters and what doesn't matter at all. The two things that matter most to me in my life are, number one, being a good spouse. That I am not only filled with love towards my beautiful sweetheart, but that I express my life in a way that honors her and that brings my very best to the table with zero expectations of her. My second great stewardship that I take with great responsibility is the stewardship of a father. I have three wonderful children that I love deeply, that I stumble and fumble and try to wiggle my way through being a good teacher and a good mentor. But again, coming from a, a place of deep love and admiration for their journey, that the more I try to overlay my own journey and my own desires for them and try to interfere with the, the challenges of their lives and the ego and identity of myself attached to them. I find myself reflecting often of how I might let go. With letting go, there's a great challenge to my own heart and my own mind of what they might face as they climb their own mountains in their life. It requires a great patience and a longer-term view of the future and what's possible not just for me and my little family, but for generations and posterity and for the world around us. So for those two stewardships, I'm deeply grateful, but I must remain grateful each day for all of the things that challenge my life. Because in those challenges, as we know from the arena, that's the only place where we have relevance and competency is by getting our hands dirty and by stumbling and crumbling. So with that... Again, the challenge is use this time to reflect, to think about what your greatest work might be. There's a level of significance in our lives that's available for each one of us, and it will typically come on the other side of the question, who can I best serve today? So again, I'll challenge you to see the world around you, to truly look, pay attention, to set the distractions aside, and to see not only the world around you, but to see those in it, to feel the world around you. To be present enough that you can feel the world move in and around and through you while also feeling those in your life. The last thing I challenge you with is to hear, to truly listen, to listen without the intention to be right, the intention to prove wrong, the intention to hear something specific, but listen from a place of inquisition. And after that, the greatest opportunity for each of us, the greatest challenge is to truly live in this life, to absorb it, to take in all of the opportunities and scary things in front of us. This life was made for us. This life was made for us to be tested to see how we might perform in a world of imperfection. The more we realize our own imperfections, the more grace and patience we might have for the world around us. As we own what's in front of us and we own what's on our own paper, our greatest opportunity in life is to become our best self. I'm grateful to each of you that are listening today, wherever it may find you. I hope that you're paying attention and truly thinking about what your greatest work might be. If you like this episode, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Rate the show if it was meaningful as well. Share it on social media. Pass along what resonated with you or what spiked some level of interest or inquisition so that perhaps it might help someone else along the way. Spread good. Spread the good things in your life. Spread the challenges in your life that are bringing you new insight. Be a part of the change that this world is calling for right now. There's a lot of darkness in the world, but there's a lot of light. You get to decide what you're going to look for, and I hope that you'll see the light. Remember that growth is always a choice. Until next week, my friends, make it a great one, and remember to always honor the gift.